Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to uh, another edition of the uh, Demon Land podcast. It was uh, it was bye week this week, and um, yeah, there's not much going on, but uh, we're looking forward to a great week ahead. My name is Andy, and joining me uh, every week as he does, um, Great Viney. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Andy, and good evening, Demon Land. Uh, huge week. Um, the big blockbuster against the Pies. Got the big freeze again on at the G. And of course, uh, we've got a very, uh, um, we've got a great former demon on as guest tonight. So, uh, big show coming up. Lots to talk about. Yeah, lots to talk about going into the big uh, Queen's Birthday game. And um, yeah, we will be speaking to a very special guest tonight, uh, a demon uh, great. Uh, one of my favourite players, um, uh, I yep. must say, and um, I mean, you look back, and of course, we're speaking of none other than uh, uh, Jeff White, and when you look back, um, particularly in my lifetime as a Demon supporter, um, you have a look at all the Ruckman we've had, you know, so going back to sort of the mid-80s, you know, when we sort of uh, came back onto the scene and was playing finals football, um, we've had um, quite a number of great Ruckman, um, sort of, you know, we had uh, Peter Moore, Brownlow medalist, um, yep. O'Dwyer, uh, Jimmy Steins, of course, Brownlow medalist. Another Brownlow medalist, yep. Uh, Jeff White, um, you know, he was an All-Australian. Um, Darren Jolly, uh, who left us, but uh, did Darren Jolly ever make All-Australian? Not not at the D's, but um, in the, at the Swans? No, not sure. Not sure, um, but he, he played in, played in a premiership. Um, yep. We had Paul Johnson, uh, he could ruck. Uh, Mark Jamer, All-Australian as well. Um, and, of course, um, now uh, Max Gorn, All-Australian as well. So, um, you know, in the last 30-plus years, we've had a pretty good uh, ruck stock um, to fall back on. Yeah, pretty, it's uh, they're all really good players, Um as you say, sort of Brownlows and All-Australians. Um, it's hard to rank them, isn't it? I mean, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy changed the game, I suppose. So um, he would probably head the list. But, um, yeah, there's a fair bit of talent there. There is a fair bit of talent, um, you know, yeah. Straubs was, I mean, Straubs was a really good ruckman on his day. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he and Jimmy didn't play well together. Um that was sort of pre the two rucks, wasn't it? And yeah. They they both needed to be number one ruck, um, but uh, yeah, both were two good ruckmen at the very, at the same time when uh, when Straubs and Jimmy were around. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, uh, but pretty much we've. I mean, you look at the the list of ruckmen. We've pretty much always gone with sort of uh, the lone the lone ruckman. Um, Jeff White was a, a lone ruckman, pretty much. Um, yep. Uh, Jamar as well, Maxi now. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Spence has really only been able to, to get a, a little look in in that time, hasn't he? He's been on the list for uh, quite a while and only played the 30-odd games. So uh, looks like he'll be back this week, though, so... Um, we yeah. need a ruck, that's for sure. <laughs> we certainly do need a ruck. And when, when you look at that list um, and you see the embarrassment of riches that we've had, um, 
you know, and then look yeah, at this, stocks <laughs> this year. Are so, stocks are pretty thin at the moment. Yeah, and uh, apparently even in the uh, in the twos, we're sort of struggling to uh, field uh, a couple of ruckmen. Um, I think they had to bring in almost a ring in uh, to play at Casey this week in the ruck. Um, yeah, well, is the flipper out injured? Yeah, is he, he he's, at the in, moment? He, he's injured. Um, yeah, we've. <laughs> I think, we've got I think no uh, Declan Kills has been doing a little bit of rucking. So yeah. Um, stocks are very thin at the moment, so good to have Spence back. And uh, um, as we were discussing pre-show, um, pictures today of Max doing uh, doing ruck work for the first time. So yeah, um, his rehabilitation's going well, and uh, he'll be back sooner rather than later too, which, yeah, will, that, which will be a huge, huge boost. That was a great sight to uh, to see. And, um, yeah, hopefully he's back, and we'll discuss it a bit later on when we sort of discuss ins and outs and injuries and all that. But uh, hopefully we can see him uh, back on the uh, park. Um, you, you would, would, do you think – I'll just jump ahead. Do you think he'll come straight into the team when he's ready? They're not going to – surely they're not going to play him through the twos. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Um, so big big game this week. Uh, before, we're not going to discuss the game just yet. We'll bring on uh, Jeff White soon. Um, but it's a big event. Uh, Queen's birthday plus the um, plus the uh, thing for Neil, Danner, Neil Danaher, the big freeze uh, for, you know, uh, raising awareness for motor neuron disease. It's a, it's a big day for us and a big day for Danner's. It is. Uh, I saw him last night on AFL 360, and they've raised um, $15 million for um, research into MND and finding a cure for it. They've funded a number of clinical... Out of that, they've been able to fund a number of clinical trials and handed out numerous research grants, I think eight research grants and two or three clinical trials. So that money is being turned into... um, real work to find a cure for this thing. So, you know, Neil's efforts on that front are just are amazing um, purely on their own. But when you consider the nature of the, uh, uh, the disease, um, you know, he's deteriorating effectively before our eyes um, and he, he speaks so openly about it and with such positivity it's just hard not to be moved by him when you watch him uh, talk about it. He's just got this incredible attitude to it. And he's obviously made the decision that he's going to dedicate the rest of his life to, you know, fighting it, um, not just personally, but on behalf of all other sufferers. And, uh, wow, it's pretty inspirational oh, and, and emotional. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Um, you know, it's it's such a... I mean, when you think about what what the disease is, it it's just it, it's like you're trapped in your own your own body, and um, yeah, I you don't have control over it no, anymore. No, no, and that's uh, you know, so it, it's it's really it's an important uh, cause to get behind, and uh, I don't know what they're going to be doing at the at the ground in terms of raising money, but I'm sure they'll have the tins out, and uh, you might be well, able to buy the, beanie, the beanies. Well, they've got the slide again. Yeah, 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 but like in terms of what uh, you know, oh, what we can do, we yeah. can do to buy, you know, to you know, to to donate money, and I'm sure they'll be selling beanies or something at the ground. Well, the, uh, they just announced that the beanies had almost run out. There are oh, about really? hundred left as of an hour ago, oh, so okay. I imagine they're all gone now. Wow. Um, they only make a limited number of the beanies, but yeah, there'll be tin rattlers and the like there. So, um, 
I think the walk is on again. It hasn't really been publicised, but someone did mention the walk, so um, that's always a good sort of visual, um, uh, always a good visual to the thousands of people walking from Fed Square to the G pre-match. So um, huge, huge day, um, big day for Danners where, you know, they make the most money that they would all year because it's uh, such a focus. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, what a legend. He, he was a legend. He was a legend just for what he did as a coach, but um, uh, what he's doing now is just remarkable. It certainly is. All right, um, we're going to uh, just take a quick break here, um, play a little bit of music uh, that you'll hear in the background. We're just going to uh, con- connect with uh, Jeff White, and we'll be uh, back uh, with you in a moment. Uh, so enjoy a little bit of uh, music. All right, we're off stream and I'll uh, give uh, Jeff a call. Good evening. Good evening, Jeff. How are you going? Good. Is this Andy? This is Andy. <laughs> it is Andy. Um, and Jason. How are you going, Jeff? G'day, Jason. How are you? Yeah, excellent, mate. Thanks for coming on. That's right. You can hear me all right? Yeah, we can hear you fine. Sound great. Um, so we're just going to uh, jump back on the stream now. Um, okay. J- Jason will introduce you and we'll, we'll go from there. No uh, worries. All right, so we'll be back in a sec. All right, we're back. Uh, well, we're lucky enough uh, to have the company tonight of one of the most popular players to have pulled on the red and blue jumper in the modern era. He played more than 230 games for the club between 1998 and 2008, 2008 kicking 95 goals, including at least one match winner against the Bulldogs, which was part of a fantastic compilation of the MFC's greatest ever goals, which was posted to YouTube this week. He was a member of the 2000 Grand Final side, a year in which he finished runner-up in the best and fairest. He was also an All-Australian in 2004 and made a life member of the club in 2007. Welcome to the Demonland podcast, Jeff White. Evening, how are you? Yeah, we're uh, excellent. Yeah, we're, we're, we're great. So, uh, Jeff, perhaps we can start on a topic that's in the news at the moment, and that's uh, Neil Danaher's continuing battle with motor neurons disease. Um, it's a big freeze at the G this week uh, where Dana's fundraising efforts are front and square and we've all admired his courage and drive and bravery in uh, setting up this campaign and relentlessly promoting it. And uh, you played under him and know him. Um, can you tell us a bit about your relationship with him, both as a coach and in the personal sense? Well, oh, well, it's, a, you know, it's obviously... Um it's very, it, it, look, it's mixed emotions, I guess, from any anyone who sort of knows Neil on a personal level. And in what he's doing for motor neuron disease is the way he um, the way he was as a as a as a coach, you know, as a as a leader, as a friend. Um, you know, he was so inspirational in his time when he was he was a coach, and you know, the way he's driving the the, the fundraising at the moment is. is 
a mirror image of what I used to do for the Melbourne Footy Club in relation to um, driving membership, um, getting the fans excited, you know, getting behind the players, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so what you see, what you see with Neil is the way he was as a coach, and and that's and that's him. Um, you know, I've caught up with him quite a bit just recently, actually in Byron Bay, and he's still Neil. You know, he's still even though he's going through such a you know a, a, such a uh, you know debilitating disease, and he just he shies away from that. He just says, right, you know, this is what I got to do. So optimistic, so positive about you know his his drive for finding a cure, and you know it's just it's just a huge credit, and he's an inspiration to everyone. And um, you know it, I'm just so thankful that you know he was a coach, but also a friend, and and it's uh, it's even so heartwarming to see so many people getting behind it from every club, from every sport, from every business that you see. Um, it really is uh, is quite inspirational what he's been able to achieve. Yeah, well said. I mean, as supporters, we're guilty more than anyone of you know seeing football as a life and death thing um, and expecting players to sort of treat it with the same seriousness. But Neil's situation puts all that in perspective, doesn't it? I mean, this is a real life and death struggle. And yeah, the way is, and... His, his positivity is just... It's hard to believe, almost. Well, it's it, it is. It's 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 truly inspirational. But um, you know, I, I know his wife quite well. I know his I know his kids really well. And um, they said, "It's dad. He hasn't. He's 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 my husband. He hasn't changed." <laughs> you know, in yeah. the in the midst of what he's going through, um, you know, the the the, the message is, is that he hasn't changed. He's he's still. He's still my dad. He's still Neil. He's still rowdy. He's still that that personality that he's always been, and um, and he's always one. Like when we're playing under him, you know, one of the things he used to, I guess, from a personal side of things, the one thing he said to me when when they brought the ruck the rucking new circle out and stuff like that, he said, "You just have to adapt. Just adapt. You know, you can't do it. You can't you can't do anything about it. Just adapt." And and that's what he's doing right now. He's like. I, I can't. I want to find a cure, so let's do it. Let's, you know, it, it might not happen before my time, but hey, let's go on the front foot. Let's let's try and raise some money. Let's let's get people involved. Let's raise awareness for this debilitating disease, and let's do something about it. And he's proactive about it, and and you know, and that's that's Neil. That's who he's always been. I mean, I was he was my assistant coach at Fremantle for three years, and then he was my head coach at Melbourne for. You know, ten years. So, I know Neil very, very well, and you know, just to see, just to see what he's doing right now, aside from what he's going through personally, to see what he's able to achieve is just is phenomenal. It's unbelievable, and and that is Neil, and and he's a, you know he's absolute inspiration to everyone. It's it certainly is, and that's that's why it's so important uh, that we all uh, dig deep and uh, and help support Neil. And uh, so, so, Jeff, you, you played under Neil in the 2000 Grand Final, and the consensus is that uh, you were one of the best players on the ground, at least as far as us demons are concerned. Um, what were your what, <laughs> what were the team's expectations going into that game? You know, considering Essendon's record, and how hard was it to cope with the loss? Um, oh, we're very, we're very confident. I mean, we had a great run. Yeah, we had an unbelievable run into the finals. 
Um, and then we had a really good game against um, against North uh, against yeah. Carlton. And then, yeah. and then you know we steamrolled North Melbourne, who was who who beat us in the prelim in in two, in nineteen ninety eight. So yeah. we we steamrolled them. So we'll, we'll look, we're all fine. We're we're all full of confidence and. Um, we thought we were, we were a big shot, and, that, and and the and the and the lead up to the week was there was more pressure on them, and then James heard there was something uh, a, a bit of a family issue happened. I think one of his kids got sick, so we 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 felt that the momentum was, you know, we had a lot of momentum. They did too, but we felt we had momentum. We felt that uh, more pressure was on them, and then when James is unfortunately, but you know, we we thought there was you know things sort of maybe going our way, but. Look at the end of the day, they were just too good. Um, I think they got us a bit in the second quarter. We just uh, we struggled to get through. Um, you know, our, you know, we just tried to get out of our, our back half, and yeah, we just uh, they just put the, the foot on the throat, and um, they're too good in the end. And yeah, look, it was um, it was obviously very disappointing. We were um, you know a proud bunch of kids. Uh, we had a really you know like Brad Green, um, Brucey missed the grand final, which is unfortunate. But we you know while he was still young, I was still young. Booze was still young. Jeff Farmer was still young. I mean, the list, could go, the list goes on, really. Um, yep. And, yeah, we're disappointed. But, you know, you never take it for granted. We sort of thought, you know, you start the pre-season in 2001 and go, well, you know, we've got the team, we'll go again, you know. And I look back now and that was the only grand final I played in. So you just never take anything for granted. That's one thing that uh, I, I took away from my career in the AFL is that never take anything for granted. You know, I, I left no stones unturned. I, I, you know, I put everything out there as much as I could. But when it comes to that elusive grand final, um, I know the Demon supporters, uh, me, myself, now a fan and a, and a supporter, geez, I'd just love to see that, you know, one of those red and blue jumpers holding that cup up one day. And, um, you know, so... And, that, and, and our motivation was that so many teams had tried before... It was our last premiership, 64. Mm-hmm. So a lot of teams had tried and never made it. So, you know, that's that was a lot of motivation for us as well. You know, hey, we can write the record books here. We haven't won a premiership for so long. So many teams have tried. So many players have tried. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't go away. But, uh, yeah, what a what a week. It was an amazing week. Unbelievable. And, you know, um, something you never forget. Did, did you think at the time, sort of your know, post-grand final, that, you would event you would win a flag that it was just a matter of time with that list. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Well, you think about the guy just named those players just then. Um, you know, a lot of talent. Yeah, a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, I was twenty three. Woe was twenty three. Ooze was twenty three. Jeff Farmer was twenty three. Um, uh, you know, you go on. Brad Green was eighteen or nineteen. Cameron Bruce was eighteen or nineteen. Um, and you think of those, you think of those players. I mean, they're, they're two two fifty game players, life members of the footy club. Um, so, you know, you look back then and go, well, it was, it was a healthy list, you know. Um, but you know, it's uh, the way it goes. It's uh, footy's a tough game. It's uh, it's brutal. It's uh, you know, you've got to be at your, you know, if you're five percent off, then sides going to knock you off the perch. And um, injuries come with that as well. You know, we suffered some. Injuries in the in the in the in the coming years and so on and so forth, but you know it just shows you how tough it is to win. And you know I I, I definitely take my hat off to, to teams like particularly that last decade. You know Collingwood, oh, sorry um, Geelong, Hawthorne, um, Hawthorne 
Um, mm. You know, Sydney have won a couple. I just take my just take my hat off to those those teams and just go, wow. You know, you just think of all the players that have have played the game and never won a flag, and these guys have won three and four. It's it's just phenomenal. So you mentioned the talent that we have and we had then and, and the Danaher years were very topsy-turvy, one year up, one year down. Uh, did the team underachieve or was it just, uh, you know, bad luck, injuries and, and the like? Oh, I, thought, I thought we achieved a lot. You know, we achieved, we, we obviously wanted to win a, a flag, but we, we achieved finals. Um, we consistently got there, when, I think, 04, 05, 06, we made the finals. Yeah. Um, off the back of 98, 2000 and 2002. Um, but I still look back. I still look back, and people say, "Oh, you know, what was the year?" And I, I, I personally think that '98 was our best year. Um, it was back in the old system, back of the old top eight system. But you know, you look at you know, we played Adelaide the first game. We, I think we beat them by 42 points. Yeah. We played St Kilda, who played off in a, um, played off in the flag the year before. We beat them by 53 points. Um, I, I thought we were flying. I thought we were. We we just had. Well, I reckon we had the side in '98 to win it. And um, we come up against North Melbourne. They beat us by, I, th- I think it was twelve. I can't, yeah, something like that. wasn't wasn't that much in the in the prelim, but yep. you know, two goals, and yeah. Yeah, Adelaide eventually went on and won the flag. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, I thought '98 was our best chance, definitely. Um, in 2004, we were halfway. I think with about four or five rounds to yeah. go, we're on top of the ladder Round and we fell away, and we lost the last yeah. five. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, and 2005 was, you know, we lost a final um, against Essendon. And then um, 2006, good final. And then we got beaten by Freo and made the travel. So, yeah, look, I, you, know, um, you know, like I said, you never take anything for granted and stuff like that. You, you live in the moment. And, um, you know, just so so grateful to play for such a wonderful club and, and play finals. You know, it was, uh, that's, that's what you play, play footy for. Uh, you mentioned playing alongside the Wizard. Um, you also played alongside uh, David Neitz, David Schwartz, uh, some very talented players at the club. Who is who is the best of of those? Who is the best teammate? <laughs> put you on the spot. You have put me on the spot. Um, yeah, on the spot. Oh, look, I, I go, I, I sort of, you know, you sort of, I, I talk about it now with my son. It's quite funny. He's um. He's ten years of age, Kalani, and he's you know loves his footy. And um, you know when he first got the footy card of, of, of Jack Finney, he called him Jack Finney, and it's sort of stuck now. And um, you know I've known Jack since he was seven years of age. You know because I played against I played with Todd, and yeah. and and Kalani's sort of like what he played with you played with Jack's dad. Like it's <laughs> you know it's a bit of an eye opener for him. But I, I look at players that I spent a lot of time with, obviously, and I, I live with Nita. Um, still good mates this day. So, um, you know, I lived with Nita. When when I first came to the club, he just grabbed me, big bear hug, grabbed me under his wing and said, mate, live with me, um, you know, and just really welcomed me in the club. So, you know, always thankful for Nita's time. But, you know, uh, I just go through the midfielders. I play with Ooze, um, Wowie, yep. Stephen Powell, Todd Viney, um, you know, uh, just just Guy Rigoni, guys who come Oh, have we have we lost you, Jeff? I've lost. Hello. Might have just. Um, I can see I'm still connected, uh, but I think we've just lost connection for a for a sec. Um, we'll we'll wait to to see whether 
Jeff comes back, but uh, so far, very, uh, very interesting um, interview. Yeah. He played, there was a, they were a good team. He's right, the 98, you know, oh. um, and 2000, so. I'm just, I'm just bringing uh, him back on the call failed, so we'll see if we can get him back. But yeah, there was a number of uh, very good uh, footballers in that team uh, that he played with, so um It'll be interesting to, uh, to hear what he has to say. Uh, still connecting. We'll cut this out of the uh, <laughs> of the of the uh, final product. But yeah, I mean, uh, while while we're just waiting, oh, now it's ringing. Which... Jeff, we got you yep. back. <laughs> Yeah, I'll Skype ma- malfunction. Okay, that's <laughs> sorry, about that. that's all right. We'll we'll cut that out of the final product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we good to go. Yeah, yeah, we're good to go. Yeah. We're good to go. So you, yeah, you're, yeah. you're um, going through the midfield and uh, yeah, just how so, talented it was. Yeah. So when you've got when you when you spend a lot of time with those midfield players, you you work on tactics, and it's not only in the centre bounce, but it's also around the ground and. You know, you you have like when I go to stop play, boundary throwing, I'd tap the side of my leg, and that's where I was going to hit. So you, you you develop that sort of camaraderie and that sort of chemistry amongst your teammates. So that's where I, you know, it was great to play with like Gary Lyon, Jim Steins, um, Brett Lovett, Glenn Lovett. Um, you know, the list goes on. The list goes on of all those greats of the game, uh, Stephen Tingay. Uh, yep. and, and Anthony Ingerson and um, the McDonald brothers and all that sort of stuff. But then. I just narrowed it down to my midfield sort of core guys that I play with. You know, James McDonald was great in the middle as well. Yeah. And so um, that's where I really developed a, a strong chemistry. And, you know, you, and, uh, you, you sort of got the stage where during the week you'd think about, okay, who are we playing against? And, you know, where's the hitting zone? What's that Ruckman do? Where does he hit? This is where I reckon we should hit. Can you come around this way? Your starting points are here. So it became really... Uh, a, a real good dynamics that was uh, was what I really loved doing, and that's what I, I always loved. It was a kid, and I loved it when I was playing AFL. Do you uh, do you still keep in contact uh, with anyone? You mentioned Nita. You're still good mates with uh, anyone you've uh, had lasting friendships that um, you know you, you still oh, even speak to. On oh, oh yeah yeah totally. Um, you know I just spoke to Cameron Bruce tonight, so I spoke to Ooze last week. Um, speak to Jeff Farmer quite a bit. Um, you know, still speak to Guy Rigoni. Uh, still, you know, there's a, a lot of players. You know, it's it's life, lifetime memories and lifetime friends. You know, so um, I'm a bit sort of isolated here on the Gold Coast. I think I'm <laughs> the only past player that lives on the Gold Coast uh, from that sort of from my era. But when I go to Melbourne, always catch up with them. But the beauty, I guess, uh, is the social media aspect is that I'm able to keep in touch with those guys and. Um, I'm heavily involved, as you know, with social media, and um, it, it just gives me a great avenue to, to to know what they're up to and to keep in contact. And, and the best part about living on the Gold Coast is, come the end of the footy season, where do they all go on holiday? <laughs> yeah. Gold Coast. So uh, you know, Brock McLean, Jared Rivers. Uh, think of players that, you know, Dan, um, James Frawley. Think of players that have been in the club and now are other clubs. I still keep in touch with. So. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's uh, a, a long list of players that I keep in touch with, which is which is great. Which is, you know, my wife still keeps in touch with a lot of them as well, so it's great. Um, you're renowned for your incredible leap. 
um, which was so good that the AFL, as you mentioned before, actually changed the rules midway <laughs> through your career um, and totally changed the ruck contest. Um, just take us through what, what you thought of it at the time. You mentioned what Dan has said, that you just had to adjust. Um, but yeah. how, how did you feel about it? Because it, um, it wasn't to your advantage, was it? No, it was, look, it was a little bit of a... Um, yeah, it was it was quite disappointing because I'd always I'd always love that DK Lily run up, you know, come off the <laughs> and the, the the banjo line, you know, center up back and then just jump as high as I could and and because I had that leap, it was such a massive weapon as an advantage and, and it was something I love. I, I craved, you know, when I was when I was a kid, I used to I know that was always you know that that ruckman at the end, you know, standing face to face, wanted to try and, you know, throw their weight around, but I knew I had the advantage of jumping. So um, I just felt that was a that was a real – that was my aggression point, I guess. And, yeah, it was taken away. It was sort of felt that I loved that so much it taken away, but I sort of had to adapt. I had to try and change my angles and, um, you know, but, oh, well, that's, that's the way it goes, you know. And, and you know, I just uh, I just, just try to do the best I could and, and try to utilise um, – what I had, but then I also just make sure that, you know, I still connect um, with my um, possession around the ground and be as damaging as I could. So uh, I guess my tactic was to try and run the Ruckman off their feet. So when they were in the centre, they were tired and they couldn't jump. So sort of bring them down to my level a little bit. Um, and I was always going against taller opponents, always, you know, jumping against Sandalands, you, you know, you need to be on your game all the time. You jump against someone like, Dean Cox, who could jump and he's tall, and he could also run. So, yeah, look, it was it was certainly an interesting time. I know that they 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 wanted to get rid of the PCL in, injuries, which I myself had a PCL injury as well. So, I think it worked. In I think I think it, it was effective, and I think it, to this day, it's it's you know the AFL can definitely go back in stats and say, hey, we've got uh, limited PCL injuries, which is I guess from a ruckman's point of view is a positive for the game. Yeah, so the AFL have tinkered with the uh, ruck rules again this year, and they've uh, you know banding the third man up. Um, is that yeah. a, is that a change that you support? Is it good for the game? Um, oh, look, it, it becomes a you know it becomes an arm wrestle, it becomes a battle of the two ruckmen. And uh, look, third ups can used to be. Uh, I think the beauty with third ups and and how teams used to you know really benefit was um, particularly forward to centre. So you got the ball at centre forward. You run a play and you just hit it forward, and you got players running forward. You know, so it gives you the momentum run forward. Um, so, but the tactics we, the tactics I used to use is um, I would stand in front of my ruckman and say, right, third up, so I wouldn't cop a knee in the back. Yeah. Uh, so that's where you know it was a lot of tactics. Um, you used to, you know, that was one of the things you had to do. You know, you just um, you know try and try and uh, I guess um, protect yourself because it is as soon as that ball goes in the air. And your your eyes are for that ball. You're trying to reach for that ball at its highest peak. Um, it's it, it is daunting aspect to feel that you know you've got to have really good lateral vision. You've got to be able to sense if there's players jumping and where they're coming from as a third up component. So I guess that's one of the skills that ruckmen don't have to practice anymore. I used to I used to, I used to try and practice that all the time because I knew that you know, I know because I had a bit of a leap. I was I was possibly going to be the first one to try and jump on. There's always going to be someone trying to get over the top of me. So, um, 
yeah, so you had to be aware of that, but they don't have to do that anymore. So, yeah, look, it comes a bit of an arm wrestle between the ruckman now. So, um, you know, you have to position your body well and do the best you can. The umpires are lobbying to, and others are lobbying to um, get rid of the centre bounce and just have uh, have a throw it, have the ball thrown up. Um, what, what do you reckon about that? Uh, I think leave it. I think. Um, uh, <clears throat> you don't want to take too many, you know, the the beauty of that game is so much history. It's yep. so much history, 125 years of history or whatever it is. So you don't want to try and eliminate those sorts of stuff. And the AFL is aware of that. Um, I, think, I think what they do now when they bring it back and they throw it up, great. I think they just like, just need to leave it as it is. The, the, the thing with the bounce is that it's – I know when when the ball would bounce slightly over my opponent's head, that was an advantage for me because I would get more of a run up than what yeah. my opponent would. Yeah. So when you when you actually then go to the throw, you, you're on a you're on an even playing field, which is okay. But the it takes away the uncertainty and the unpredictability yeah, of it. Yeah, the unpredictability of having the ruck, uh, having the bounce at the centre bounce, it, it just creates a different aspect to the game and it's something that's been there for ever so I think my opinion is to leave it um, you know throw it around the ground that's fine and make sure the umpires and uh, make sure they're rucking the set then throw it up great that's no issues there because you obviously around the ground it's going to be a little bit uneven and normally in the center it's quite flat but you just got to leave history in my opinion and leave the center bounce and if it's a bad bounce um, we saw a shocker on the weekend when I was commentating the Suns. Suns and uh, who if they played just had a mental break, but they there was a bad. But they just threw it up, done, you know, all that. So yeah, um, yeah so I, I I think my mind just leave it. Eagles, that's the one. Eagles, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was trying to, I was trying to think of other one, but so, uh, yeah, I think just leave it. It's part of the history of the game. Amen. Yeah. So. Who was who was the best ruckman you played against? And um, also, you can answer who's the best ruck, ruckman in the game at the moment. Um, best ruckman I played against probably Dean Cox. Dean yeah. Cox, um, Steve, Steve, um, uh, Matthew Allen for a little bit, Carlton and yeah. Essendon. Uh, those mobile ruckmen, those guys that were tall and they could jump, and they were smart around the ground. Luke Darcy was a good good ruckman. Um, we had some really good battles against Luke Darcy, but I think. Dean, Dean Cox, he just um, he was a superior runner, very very hard to, to run against, and um, you know, and he was tall. I mean, yeah, six foot six, six foot seven. He could jump. You know, it's hard to combat that. So um, he was certainly a, a tough task. You know, had some really good battles. Um, best ruckman today? Um, yeah, it's a good question. You know, there's a lot of I I, I really like Paddy Ryder. Um, he doesn't get a lot of possessions around the ground. He kicks kicks goals, but he just his ruck work at the moment is just. And he's he's in good he's, nick at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But I, I saw him early in the year when they played when they played Brisbane up at the Gabba, and just his. And he played. He was going against Steph Martin, who's uh, who's an ex demon, but I, I think Steph Martin's a really good ruckman as well. And he just, um, yeah, he just he just had it on the string in relation to his palm work. You know, he flicks it behind his head, he flicks it forward, he flicks it to the side, flicks it to left and right, uh, and, and he's doing that. And he's been he's been a great asset to, to the Port Adelaide Footy Club this year. So, I, yeah, I really like um, the way he's going at the moment. Uh, if you're thinking all Australian sort of stuff, I, 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 
he would have to obviously be up there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and look, you missed the big fella, big Maxi gone. Uh, he yeah. had a great year last year and, and you know, looking forward to hopefully getting back to the Demons and, and that as they charge to the finals, they're, you know, they're, they're just, um, I think they're just, they're in such a good place at the moment, Melbourne. They're, I think they've got that, you know, they've got a really good injury list at the moment, which is really critical this time of year. I know they're going to get, you know, probably Spencer back, but they're definitely going to get Max Gorn back. Uh, so they're in a really good, really good opportunity in the middle of the year. Um, you know, they're one, I think they're one, one spot out of the eight. And they're just in a really good space to then be able to, you know, just have a really good second half of the year and have a crack at those finals, which we haven't been in since 2006. Uh, we'll discuss, actually, we'll, we'll ask you a question about Monday's game in a moment. But when you finished up your career in 2008, the consensus was that you were still capable of playing um, some pretty good footy. Uh, and there was, I think, speculation that you might play elsewhere. Um, ultimately you decided not to nominate for the draft or to play on you called time how hard was it to make um, to make that decision oh look um oh, look I took some time just to have a think about it and uh, I, I always said I guess it's a Michael Jordan sort of um, being my idols Michael you know the moment you sort of stop enjoying the game is when you walk away and that's exactly what happened I uh, I just stopped yeah, I used to love doing the extra weights, the extra runs. I love, I love all that sort of stuff. I had my own personal trainer outside of footy, and uh, just, just really lived and breathed footy. And in, in the sense of getting my body right, making sure that I was, I was fit, uh, mentally and physically prepared. And and I just, I just felt that second half of the 2008, I felt that sort of slipping away, and that's what was a bit of an indicator for me to. To, to step away from the game and, um, you know, and uh, I was, I, I actually played uh, 2009, I played with my brother, played a year up at, up here in Queensland and I just really enjoyed the footy. I think it was good. It was a good, good way to finish because 2008 was a pretty, pretty down year and so was 2007. So, you know, I had come off the back of two years that were pretty, pretty low in relation to where we finished on the ladder and, uh, all that sort of stuff, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it was great to finish in that way. But uh, yeah, look, I knew, and it was quite ironic, you know. Just during during that last year, I had dreams of um, uh, being in front of a computer, staying up late, and I don't know. It was just sort of you go with the instincts, I guess, and didn't know what I was going to do post post footy. But I just always had those dreams of being in front of a computer and all that sort of stuff. And it's quite funny. I just I'm doing that today, so. <laughs> Um, you know, you just got to go with the instincts, and that's what I did. So you mentioned you were playing in the Gold Coast. Was that your decision to move to the Gold Coast to play to play footy? Yeah, look, I wanted to. I, look, it was sort of. Um, I, de- I definitely wanted to relocate. Um, we, uh, we we bought a house in 2007. My wife's originally from here, so okay. but I fell in love with the place in 2001 when I came out for a holiday and. Just got some great friends here now. Love my golf, as you know, and yeah. you know all year round the weather's great. And just felt really good for my body. And so yeah, so when 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 I retired, that was bang. We moved up straight away, and and I, I sort of I didn't really want to play, but then my brother said, "Look, we've never played together <laughs> all through juniors. Um, <laughs> you left when I was when I was quite young, and 
and pursued AFL, so we knew he had a chance. So I said, all right, no worries. And his club was struggling at the time. They had only, in five years, I think they only won seven games or something. So we finished third on the ladder that year. We recruited, uh, got some really good kids in. Um, I think, obviously, with my signing, sort of got some got some other you know kids in across the country, and we had a really good year. It was great fun. Uh, raised a lot of money for the club, and it was just good to get back to playing and enjoying the footy. And and unfortunately, my brother got injured the whole year, so we ended up only playing the last game, last <laughs> home and away game together. So he, he was along for the whole journey, uh, but you know he got to play the last game, which was great. And, uh, finally, just got to wear the same jumper together and play in the same team, so it was good fun. It was just good to finish, you know, footy. I played since I was seven years of age, eight years of age, just to finish on a good note because 2008 was quite, even though it was, you know, my last year, it was quite disappointing the way it sort of was and I didn't thoroughly enjoy it, so it was good to finish it that way. So you you coached uh, a little bit at uh, Gold Coast uh, part-time. Did you enjoy coaching and is it something you're still interested in doing? Not interested in doing, no. (laughs) (laughs) I love giving advice. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love, particularly coach, like the the ruck sort of stuff, um, and, you know. So, um, but yeah, it was it was okay. Like when I moved up, Guy McKenna said, "Look, uh, we've got all these ruckmen. We want you. To, you know, can you come and help me?" And I said, "Yeah, no worries. It's only part time role." So, did the under 18s to the reserves, and then did two years of the AFL. But just the demand became a bit too too intensive and. I was I, because I was only part time. I couldn't couldn't offer more time to them because of my commitments outside of that role. And so, in the end, of, at the end, I just said, "Look, I, I, it's not something that I want to do." And I and, and playing footy as much as I I love playing. I never watched games. I never watched the footy show. I never watched other games. I just focused in sort of my area. And I don't know. I just always had that uh, the aspirations to. To, to helping people, to solving problems, to all that sort of stuff. I never really had aspirations to, to being a coach. And I've always said if you if you want to be an AFL coach or an assistant coach, the best place to be is in Melbourne and I didn't want to I wanted to live on the Gold Coast. So it was never an aspiration of mine. But I still love giving advice. Um, I love if you know uh, I'm still good friends with, with Zach Smith at Geelong. Speak to Zachy quite a bit. Love giving him tips, advice. You know, I watch some of his games. Um, you know, Tom, Tommy Hickey, who was involved with the Suns now at St Kilda. I love giving him tips as well, and I just, I just love just helping out. I mean, the game, the, the rucking, and and um, the actual, the, the you know the, the the science of it. I guess if you want to if you want to use that word, it hasn't really changed, and um, and it hasn't changed over so many years. It's I guess it's become more of a running game, but in the position and trying to hit that ball at its highest point and trying to push it down to your ruck, uh, to your ruck rovers and your rovers and so on and so forth, it hasn't changed. So I just love um, having that uh, that advice and, and sharing my knowledge with other players. Good stuff. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, a, a short time ago um, dreaming about sitting in front of the computer. Tell us a bit about your new... Um, business venture post high, um, which are portable uh, goalposts that are um, easy to set up and pack down. Um, obviously, great for kids. Uh, what was the inspiration behind it? How did you? How did that come about? Uh, well, it just came about through my son. So 
I, I think a lot of your listeners will be able to um, relate to this, but we uh, we were just on a, a family holiday a couple of years ago, April 2015, and we we're kicking kicking some goals with some trees. And um, you know, you think about what you used to do when I, when I was young. I had I. Uh, the kid across the road, he had two trees in his house, in his front yard, yep. and, and we didn't have any trees. So I convinced my mum to go down to the pot plant uh, place, get four plants and put them in the front of our nature strip so we could have four goalposts. So I always had that uh, entrepreneurial sort of stuff when I was a kid, you know, always had that. And so anyway, so my son said, look, and it started raining, and he said, oh, can we go to the sports store and buy some AFL goalposts? And it mm-hmm. sort of dawned on me that there was nothing you can't buy any goalposts. So then we went to Auskick and they're using the javelin poles and I yeah. thought, well, this is a bit of a safety concern. Yeah. And um, so one of my twins had one of those lightsabers that retract out that you yeah. flick and um, I thought two and two. So I got some, uh, got some gym, got some um, rubber mat from my, my wife's gym, got four lightsabers, put some Velcro together, lit up the lights and showed my kids and they loved it. I said, right, that's what I'm going to do. So... It was a long process, um, you know. Still to this day, it's a long process. Uh, I had to find manufacturers in China and an engineer, and um, you know, put all the, put everything together. And, uh, and we launched and persuade Gary Ablett to um, to support <laughs> you too. Well, I, actually, it wasn't a persuasion. Actually, I had a meeting with him this morning. Um, we catch up quite regularly, which is quite fun. And um, you know, we're just and then we're just re- reminiscing about that time and. Um, I presented to him the idea in August 2015 and he loved it. He said, oh, you know, me and Nathan, we used to use this light pole in a bin. And um, anyway, three months later, he rang me and he said, look, I don't know where you're positioned uh, with Post High. I love the products. Um, uh, you know, can I be involved in some capacity? And it was just mind-blowing. I mean, he's been a good friend of mine for a while, a really good um, good relationship with regards to MBA and entrepreneurial sort of stuff and business mind and apart from the footy. And, um, yeah, I just couldn't believe it. I said, yeah, you don't have to twist my arm, mate, you're in. <laughs> so it's just, it's just him and I. I've got, uh, I've got a graphic designer, I've got a tech advisor who have been uh, unbelievable and inspirational in, in doing this project as well. They've done it off their own back. And um, so, yeah, so we successfully, successfully launched uh, the AFL product, uh, Retractable Post, um, in December last year. Um, and it's been great. It's been well received. It's uh, it's been really, re- and since then, and we've always had it in mind, but we've uh, we've got other sports that have adapted to it. So they basically add on. So soccer, rugby, tennis, badminton, volleyball, yeah. and t-ball, and we've got some other great sports coming as well. Um, and along with that, we've got um, we're just building at the moment a Bluetooth connectivity, so you can change the colours. So oh, great. all those demons fans out there can have red and blue <laughs> post nice. post all changed to their app. So it's an exciting project. It's been well-received. I'm really excited about it. Long way to go, but, uh, you know, the future looks bright and, we're, you know, we just can't wait to just keep sort of sending them out and seeing kids, setting them up in the beach, at the park, you know, front yard, wherever. Is this available to the public now? Um... Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, 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 yep, yep. So we've got limited stock at the moment. We're nearly, <laughs> we're nearly running out. So I uh, just posthigh.com.au. So we've got gonna, our yeah. AFL set set up, um, so yeah, it's uh, delivered within three or four days. Comes out of our Brisbane warehouse. Yep. But uh, we've got, we've got, uh, we're about we're about to go into productions uh, again, which will include AFL, obviously, 
but uh, soccer and rugby as well. So we're really excited about adding those two new sports on top of what we've got. How much does it cost? So one eighty nine, and and includes um, the posts, includes the backpack, includes the footy, includes the footy pump, all inclusive, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then our next production run is just going to include the posts. So we're um, we're sort of fine tuning things, and um, you know, making sure we uh, to get it right. It's gonna it's um, gonna have some great features for the next one, and including the Bluetooth connectivity as well. So um, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's really exciting. I love it. I love doing it. Uh, work on it every day, and um, you know it's 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 a lot of fun. You're spoiling kids' imagination because, as you mentioned, sort of with Gary and with yourself, every single footy fan has had to um, has had to create their own goalposts at some point in time and <laughs> yeah, assess right. their street and <laughs> line up trees, put down and, a couple yeah. of jumpers, put down yeah, jumpers, well, pins. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're still, um, you know, we still love the imagination. I mean, there's some of the photos. I mean, we receive photos every day, which is, which is so, which is, which is what I love. I get a big thriller. I mean, I got a photo last week of a guy in China, a kid in China, and you know, it was you know, there's very limited grass, as you would know, in China. Yeah. There's not a lot of grass area, and it was, it was they 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 set it up near a, um, uh, in a street. And I just loved it. It was just great. There's kids just kicking snapshots and, and check sides and all that sort of stuff, banana kicks. And, and we get photos, and I love it. I love where kids set up, you know, the beach. Um, kids set it up in front of in, – in, uh, in his farm. It was – and it looked like the, almost the geese were the, um, were the goal umpires. So, you know, it's great. And we, we still want kids to have the imagination and all that sort of stuff. We're just simplifying it for them. And, um, you know, we've had kids that have put the goalposts really close together, which is quite fun. Uh, no, they've made it really, really wide and made the point post really, really close together. So they're still using imagination, which is great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we, we, we just love it that the kids can just take them anywhere. I mean, over Christmas was, was phenomenal, you know, caravan parks and, um, you know, you name it. It was just, it was great. And that's what we, you know, that's what I love. That's why I love doing it. Is, is this an AFL endorsed product? Not as yet. Not try, as yet. Are you trying um, to get that? But certainly um, the AFL are very interested in the product. Um, we've had a lot of discussions with them. So, um, so yeah, so we're, you know, we're constantly in talks. We're constantly in talks with retailers. Retailers have, have expressed a lot of interest, um, you know. So, yeah, so it's, it's good. You know, we're uh, you know we just just keep the negotiations and talkings going. Yeah, cause... But you know, we, uh, we 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 love what we've d- developed, and we feel that we can get it better and better. It's going to evolve, and um, you know, we just just uh, just keep pushing, just keep pushing it out there. And our our, our, our goal is to reach um, is as many kids, not only in Australia but worldwide. Um, we've got really good targets that we want to set, and um, and you know, we're just pushing that as much as we can. Amazing. So, yeah, good. Good luck with it. Yeah, yeah. Gra- yeah wish you all the best with that. Thanks, now, you, guys. You, Thanks, guys. You talked about uh, just quickly. You talked about uh, your son a short time ago. Um, we've got a, a Billy Stretch, a Jack Viney, uh, Joel Smith, yep. all playing at the M- for, for the D's at the moment. How far off are we seeing uh, a, 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 a white <laughs> well, junior? Well, he, he loves his footy. Um, he actually just won the um, high jump last week at school. So he's in this. So he's uh, he's he can jump. Um, he's a good football player. He's uh, he's 
I, I well, de- definitely say he's better than what I was when he was that <laughs> when I was that age. Uh, yeah, he's he's a very very gifted footballer. He's he's good at golf. Um, anything he picks up, he's good at basketball. He's he's very sport orientated. But yeah, he's um, look. We haven't pushed him into it. He's um, he he started playing. He plays at the Surface Paradise Demons actually. So he wears the red and blue. Yes, um, I, know, I know the ground. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah. So it's just around the corner from us. So yeah. he uh, he uh, he loves loves playing with his mates, and yeah, he's uh, he's he's pretty good at it. And um, he's definitely he's going to be tall. I, I mean, I think he's going to be at least six six seven the way he's going wow. at the moment. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not short, and my wife's quite tall as well. Yeah. So look, if he pursues it, he pursues it. He will. Um, you know, he um, he he loves the sport. So we'll just see what happens. I saw a photo of uh, a side-by-side comparison of you and him kicking, and he's got the exact same kicking style as you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, we, um, my wife took some photos of him on the weekend, and um, there was, we did another comparison, and, uh, yeah, it looked quite funny. So uh, when, he, when he wears red and blue, it's, not, it's pretty easy <laughs> to make the comparison. <laughs> so is it, is it at, in the, at the, on the Gold Coast, is, are the opportunities to sort of, um, you know, um, make it into the AFL, is it where, you know, it was, is it better to be in Victoria for that type of thing? Down oh, the look, track? The, the, I think, you know, with the, with the introduction now of these, um, the, the Gold Coast, like the Gold Coast Academy, yeah. the, um, the GWS Academy and stuff like that, um, I don't know how that relates uh, in relation to the father-son. So I know Dunkley went through that, that process a couple of years ago. And instead of going to Sydney, he was in the Sydney Academy. Then ended up going to the Bulldogs or something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah the, the, look, it's it's Auskick's massive, it is massive on the Gold Coast. Um, it, no doubt, it's big, and um, you know the sign up, is, you know the uh, sign ups for Victoria, Tassie, South Australia, and Perth. You know, besides that, I, I can only see it firsthand, and it's massive, and it's so much bigger than NRL. Which is this is the heartland, you yeah, know, of yep. of uh, of that of, of of NRL league and the participation rate at school and stuff like that is is mind blowing. Even you know, um, B Durbridge, the pro surfer, his um, his daughter, she she plays Oz Kick, and um, he's a lovely guy. And he just said that she gets she gets a ball, she gets a backpack, she gets, she plays it after school. Um, you know, Robbie McEwen, um, he's at our school as well. I think his kids play Auskick. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's accommodating. And because of the, the female participation, I mean, even at Surface Paradise Demons, I was talking to some of the coaches and they said that, look, we've had to put more coaches on because we, we open up the applications for women and it's just gone through the roof. So AFL is very healthy in, in southeast Queensland. There's no, no question about that. And, um, and the path and avenues to, to, to AFL, you know, you've got the Gold Coast Suns Academy. And um, so, it's, uh, yeah, it's very healthy. Um, uh, we talked a moment ago about, um, about White Jr. Um, playing for the MFC one day. Is there any chance he'll be playing alongside Farmer Jr., who um, we're also led to believe... Um, is showing quite a bit, of, uh, quite a bit of talent as a junior. <laughs> well, you, you what's, would like what's to see the Wiz got to say about that? <laughs> uh, well, the Wiz is pretty, uh, pretty quiet. Um, you know, he's he's always he's always quick to just uh, you know continue the banter that we always used to have. <laughs> right. Uh, 
so look, I, I, I look, I haven't seen his haven't seen his son. Um, I, I don't know where he's at, but I, I think that's uh, no doubt. Toddy Toddy Viney must get must pinch himself every you know every Saturday afternoon, seeing his seeing Jack run out and and you know um, you know oh, look if that ever happens, it'll be a great thrill. If it doesn't, that doesn't. But you know um, you know you just that's I, I love watching my son play footy and. And if that progresses progresses into the AFL, then I'll keep watching him, keep supporting, him. and uh, it'd be great great to have that sort of legacy, I guess. And in, and 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 a true true thing, I, I said to him when he um, when he started playing footy last year, I said, mate, you, you should have your own number. You know, you should you, sh- you should. What number do you want? And he goes, oh, no, I want thirty four. And I said, well, why do you want that? He said, well, that's our number. And I just, I just, I didn't know what to say. I said, well, "That's awesome." He, I said, well, "How did you come up with that?" And he said, "Well, Steph Curry, him and his dad have the same number, so mm-hmm. we're going to have the same number." And I just almost fell like crying. It was just great. <laughs> so, um, so he wears a thirty-four in demons, and um, you know, I, I think it, if that ever was to happen, uh, yeah, I'd probably cry. <laughs> yeah, so, we yeah. probably would too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, look, we'll see what happens, but. You know, I'm not pushing him. I just love watching him play. He plays uh, footy. He's really good at athletics as well. So that's a good um, – it's, you know, he just loves any sport. Yep. All right. Well, um, thank you very, very much for your time tonight, uh, Jeff. I know we kept you a bit longer than I said. but uh... <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. No, it's – look, I love having uh, – always love having a chat, particularly podcasts and stuff like that. But I know a lot of demons – Demon supporters listen to this, and you know, I I know when I was playing footy, I love listening to where former players were. So I hopefully, um, you know, your listeners are able to get a bit of insight on what what I'm doing post footy. As we mentioned in the intro, um, somebody actually put a compilation up on YouTube this week of um, 50, 50 great MFC goals, and your yep. match winner against the Bulldogs is uh, is part of that. So. You can jump on YouTube and have a look and uh, uh, re-celebrate it again. It was a good kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh, that was certainly a great night. I think someone posted on Twitter the, a gif of uh, Neil Donahue running down, which is just yep. unbelievable. Fantastic. Yeah. So, look at yeah, that was a sensational night. That it was um, one. Obviously, I'll never forget. Awesome. Well. Once again, thank you so much for your time. Um, no worries, no uh, worries. Well, when great you, um, talking to you, Jeff. So you, what, you guys cut it up and then you upload it, or is yeah, that, yeah, is that yeah. Live or? I'll upload. Yeah. I'll, I'll upload. I'll send you a link. Um, I'll send you a link on Twitter. Uh, to, to yeah, it, just so. tweet, just tweet it, tweet me in, and that'll be great. Not I'll problem. retweet it for you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, thank you very much. And everyone, get it. What was the post high um, uh, URL again? Uh, uh, posthigh.com.au Great, everyone should get out There is a thread about it on Demon Land so um, uh, punters already do know about it but if you don't get on it More the merrier, more the merrier (laughs) Yep All right. well thank you very much for joining us Uh, once again, um, yeah it was a pleasure, thank you No worries and uh, you know go the the D's, go the red and blues and and, and keep that uh, keep the you know, keep the energy going with these podcasts and get the fans excited because I think they're a chance to make the finals. Oh, great. That's, that's good to hear. <laughs> good times yeah. are coming. I agree. That's right. All right. Thanks, but, Jeff. Thank you very much, Jeff. No worries. Take thank care. See Cheers. What a, um, 
What a great uh, interview that was. Um, you know, he spent a lot of time. I think he would have stayed on all night with us uh, talking. So, he obviously um, loves his footy, doesn't he? Oh, you, can, you can tell, you know, just the way he was talking about uh, his preparation for games. Yep. Um, you know, he sort of uh, lived and breathed uh, the Demons game. He, he sort of mentioned how he didn't sort of follow the other clubs with other games and all that. And he just focused on, on the Ds and... You know, it, it's really good to hear that. And I, rem- I remember a story about the uh, season 2000, the year we made the granny, and sort of all the all the players were, were really just, you know, so focused on winning. I think they all made a pact to give up uh, the booze during the year or something like that and, um, you know, just focus on, on the footy. And uh, you can sort of tell by his preparation going into games is, um, you know, it sort of shows that, that focus and uh, it yeah. definitely paid it's off. It's just interesting also to listen to the psychology of the players believe that they could do it, um, even though, you know, Essendon had had a really good year, that they thought that they had a bit of momentum going in. Mm. and. Uh, um, well, we did. That, that, guy, that preliminary final, we, we had a, you know, we just yeah we fantastic. Yep. I was having a, a, a sort of... I think I saw some highlights the other day of um, I think there was something on on Facebook they the AFL had put out some highlights of uh, Jeff Farmers and a couple of the highlights were from that uh, game and uh, yeah we well but he kicked eight I think didn't he that yeah, night yeah 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 something like that um, yeah it was just fantastic and, and even as we were watching you were mentioning a few times that uh, fifty goal best goals and I mean just. A lot of that uh, period of those goals, you know, a chunk of them I saw were that period of Jeff White, and we really had a lot of talent uh, during during that period. Oh, it was so much fun to watch. The yeah. Danaher years, yeah. as frustrating as they were, um, you know, in the up and downs. When we were up, we were we were just red hot. Yeah, yeah. and it was a lot of fun going to the footy, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it certainly was. Um, you know, you think back to that year. I mean, he mentioned '98 being the year that he thought we'd we'd get it, but uh, you have a look at 2004 and remember round 18. I think we were sitting on top of the ladder, and um, you know, obviously things fell apart after that. But they, you know, that first 18 rounds was just good. I think we won 10 or 11 in a row, or 10 out of 11 yep. uh, after losing. I think we lost the first three and then won the next 11 or 10. Um, yeah, they were great times. Yeah, I mean that happened a bit in the northern years too. Um, I think '88 we had a mid-season slump or a late-season slump, and we, we, used we only to fell in, We only fell into the finals in '88. Yeah, so. I think we there was quite a number of years. I think it was so, uh, you know either at the end of the northern years and that sort of next period after that, where we used to always have sort of a mid-season slump or mm. towards the end of the year slump and. Uh, probably really cost us in those years um, because it was pretty hard in those days to, and even now, to win from fifth spot as it was at the time. Um, yep. Although we saw the, the Bulldogs this last year win from seventh. So, um, yeah, I'd like to, to one year, you know, because so, we were never really... In the t- we never really ended in the top four, you know, when it became the top six and the top eight. We always no, fell we into always finals. we always conjured up a way to we, miss out on... That's right. On, we, were, we were doing well and we'd always fall into finals and we were in eighth spot or seventh spot or sixth spot, you yeah. know. And I'd, I'd like us to one year to really have a, a great year and not worry about having to limp into finals. 
Yeah, it's not often where <laughs> they've had the week off during the finals. I think it's happened, uh, you know, one or two times. But yeah. most times we've forced ourselves to have to win every week, which, as you said, um, up until last year is, has just hasn't been done. So um, it was interesting also, isn't it, that, you know, if you make the granny and you lose, there is an expectation or there would be an expectation, wouldn't there, among the group that, yep, we're going to have another crack at this. Yeah. You know, if not this year, then next year, you know, we'll get better and we'll go one better mm. and actually win it next time. But you're not guaranteed to make it. And uh, that's where you really need a solid list and luck on your side as well um, and players that continue to develop rather than plateau, I suppose. Yeah. Well, but, it just uh, didn't happen it's... for us, uh, unfortunately. Um, yeah, uh, but, I mean, moving on from that, um, where would you like to go to now um, before we discuss the, uh, the, the next game? Well, let the, I want to talk about the goals because yep. that video is great. It goes yep. for about 21 minutes. Yep. There's 50 cracking goals in there, <laughs> but... Um, you, who's the, who's the poster that put well, it together? Because he's an Essendon well, supporter. Well, that's right. Am I right? He's he's been around the, uh, the the website for a long, long time. I've actually met him years and years ago, um, uh, probably in the mid two thousands. He's an Essendon supporter, but I believe his wife is a mad Melbourne supporter, and they go right. to both they go to both games. Like, and like, I don't know what they do if they're both playing at the same time or whatever. They might split the time, but. Um, as in, you know, he'll go to Essendon, she'll go to Melbourne, but like he'll go to he goes to all Melbourne games, so he can sort of comment. Gotcha. He can comment I was on us. He had so many posts, so he's obviously a, yeah. You know, yeah, he's not he a, he's, doesn't come on. He's not an opposition. Trash. He's not an opposition troll. He actually goes to Melbourne games, so it's it's. I don't know what it, whether he does now. I'm sure he still does because he's still posting. Uh, but I just know from back then, he did go to all the games, so it's sort of refreshing to see a point of view that's probably not as clouded um, as yeah. ours are sometimes, uh, the one-eyed yep. supporters. So it's good to get uh, an opposition view that's not, you know, overtly trolling. <laughs> well, kudos to him because it's a great video and it yeah. would have taken a lot of time to put together. Um, what? Who do you reckon? Well, have you seen it? Yeah, well, I, uh, I watched the majority of it today. I didn't finish it because I had a lot of work to do. Uh, but... I watched a lot of it, and I, you know, I, I, I was. I should have. I, sh- well, I should. I should have taken notes because every time I was watching, I go, "Oh yeah, I'll remember that." But then a minute later, I'm something watching better something along. better. You know, I, I, just a few that stood out, and not anyone in particular, but uh, Justin. Ch- no, what's his name? It wasn't Justin Sean Charles. Charles. Sean Charles. Justin Charles played for the Bulldogs. Uh, Sean Charles. He was a fantastic footballer. Um, I'd forgotten about Charles. Yeah, not so forgotten, not forget, but, but it just oh, he was some of those was, things he did. He was, was just, lightning quick. Was just fantastic, and um, so a couple of things I saw of his were really great. I, I love uh, Jeff Farmer's goal that he kicked from the half back line. Well, he didn't kick it. He got the ball on the half back line, gave a few handballs off, yeah, you know, a few one twos uh, from a couple of players, and then kicked it from outside fifty. Um, you know, he's, he's Robbie Flower. I mean, I've seen those goals quite a number of times um, from that video we used to have back in the day. Um, you know, Robbie on ice. Robbie on ice, as we called it. Um, you know, 
we were very lucky to have that video because compilations of players weren't around at that time. We're no. talking uh, in the late eighties. Well, it's it's not even the compilation early nineties. It's not even the compilation of players. It was the fact that we didn't get on because we were so crap in those days. We didn't get on the TV a lot. And there's an early goal in in uh, in that one from the sort of early eighties or mid eighties before before eighty seven, I think. And yep. there's not even any commentary to the goal. Yes, yeah. it was against Hawthorne. I can't remember. Rhino Richards maybe kicked the goal. Um, yep. Uh, or maybe it wasn't that because there was a Richards one where there was commentary, but someone kicked a goal. No, it was a it was a Robbie goal. A Robbie right. goal, and there was yep. no commentary on it. So there was yes, video it's just footage. The video. Uh, so they had the video at the, the game, but it wasn't necessarily commentators at the games, and I'm sure that happened quite a lot to Melbourne. So there's probably even uh, footage that no longer exists or never did exist of Robbie Flower yep. that is lost to time. Yeah, that's right. The goals that are included, I think there's three of them or four of them yeah. on this video. The first one um, against Richmond I reckon is one of the best goals I've ever seen, full stop, not just from the Melbourne yeah, player. Yeah. If you remember a few years ago, Nick Nat um, had the – remember the point of the century? Yeah. Where yeah. he tapped it out and then yeah, got it yeah. himself and then kicked the point? Well, Robbie's goal against Richmond is better than that. Yeah. He's in a marking contest in the middle of the ground. Yeah. He taps it down, gathers – well, doesn't gather the ball on the ground, taps it up and yeah. over another opponent, picks it up, Bursts through the centre and kicks from about 50. And Bob Skilton says, um, that's football at its very best. Yeah. And you can hear actually the crowd. Um, yeah, it was quite just, loud. <laughs> yeah, you can hear the crowd sort of rising with it as as uh, as ball goes to boot and it was never going to miss. It's a cracking goal. It, um, it, with with Robbie, it's not even just the goals that he kicks. It's just how silky smooth he is when he gets the ball. Like he gets the ball and he sort of even just does a little, not a balk, but just sort of moves his body away from the player there just to get away from their mm. tackle. And he's just, you know, he just. He was beautiful to watch yeah. his his running style, um, yeah. poetry in motion, as we often say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like the other one that's included there, where a Geelong player, I think Nan Curvis, is about to go handball. And Robbie comes from behind oh, and smothers, smothers the handball, yeah. yep. picks up the loose ball and then snaps for goal. That's yeah. also sensational. And, I mean, it's hard to do the smother to then pick up the ball then to have the goal sense to kick the goal. And he just does yeah. it like it's uh, second nature to him. And uh, not many players, past or present, can can do that. And no. Any, any and you game. mentioned uh, Sean Charles before. Mm. I'd also forgotten how good Flash was. Um uh, you yes. know, his yeah. career didn't end that well. He no. sort of, things petered out in the last couple of years. But in the early days and uh, when he was at his best, he was sensational too, just capable of magical things. Yeah. Um, there's one, yeah, there's a, a couple of beautiful goals in, in that video. But I reckon technically, technically the most difficult goal there, there's an Uze goal. Yeah. Um, uh, a banana from the wrong side of the ground. Yeah, so yeah. the ball's actually swinging out of the goals. And technically, that's the hardest kick going yeah, around yeah. Um, because you've only – it has to be right online, otherwise it just won't go through. And, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the best technically on there. And then, um, then yeah, how can you go past Alan Djakovic, just some of the things that, uh, that he used to do? <laughs> yeah, my favourite there – 
and I was hoping it would be included, and it was, is that one against Hawthorne yeah, where, where he he's up on, against the boundary and line. And he takes on the player and nearly gets... Takes uh, on Langs- Langford and then uh, kicks from the boundary line. Yeah. Um, we, we were sitting in the red seats that day, so we were right behind that goal. Yeah. And it was never going to miss, and it was just a beauty. Was and that... he did that, did that uh, you know, that um, fists cross or arm, forearms crossed sign that sort of shove it up your yeah, sign yeah, yeah, yeah. that he was so fond of doing was that goal at the g or was that at waverley no at the g g okay yeah, yeah. so and, and who could yeah, forget love he, that one who could forget his uh soccer kick over the top like that. yeah <laughs> that, that yeah was, another that was a, crazy goal that was a great and of his. then there's a whole stack of gary Lyon. yeah Tops. Oh, that, that, um, he had a massive kick on him because he was kicking those well outside, well inside the centre square and going through well, the Yeah, time. the one against Carlton in the prelim yeah. um, is probably the biggest because Waverley was the biggest ground. That, yeah. As you say, it was from inside the centre square. It was just huge. And there was another one uh, on the other, going the other way as well, maybe at the G. Um, yep. What I did yeah, like, and there was a few that were left out of it, actually. So... Yeah. Um, what and I we also remember we used to also like Gary kicking from the members' pocket. Yes, yeah, um, never missed. Really. He was always a he was a, a dead set certainty from that yeah. pocket. Um, another thing I liked about that video was seeing the uh, the car behind the goals <laughs> from the pitch. Yes, <laughs> yes, the yeah. The good old days of uh, of standing room. Yeah, but uh, yeah, well done. It's a great video, and um, yeah, there was. Some good goals missing too. Todd Viney at the start of the uh, yep. eighty-seven elimination final, the yep. one that he kicked from the boundary. Yeah, they went over all four posts, but <laughs> went over all four posts. <laughs> and then a goal we used to love watching, of course, Gary Lyon winning the game off his own boot against West Coast yep. in uh, a year later. Yep. Um, and there was also in that game, Alan Johnson kicked a great goal on the run. I think. Yes, he did from outside fifty. Yep. So, um, at the other end of the ground, that's right. That was yeah. a, also a, a cracker of a goal. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of good ones. <laughs> I mean, I think people were saying they were going to try to rank them, but uh, I don't know how you could, uh, <laughs> especially impossible. when you got fifty. Uh, you know, give me ten and you can start doing it, maybe. But uh, you know, they're all great goals. Yep, well done. Yep. Very well done. Yeah. So thank you to Ash. Uh, uh, 35, and I Ash think 35, he, he yep. used to, I think he, every year used to change his uh, his username, he'd just go up in years, and he can't be 35 anymore, he'd have to be older than <laughs> that, because that was like in 2007 or 8, <laughs> but anyway. There was a good thread this week, um, someone asked where to go for useful insights, um, and there were quite some interesting responses on what people do post-match to process the game and sort of where they go to analyse it, um, including Demon Land. Um, have you got a routine that you follow or certain things that you give priority to rather than others? Well, most uh, obviously the obvious one is, uh, you know, going to, to Demon Land, reading the post-match thread, and it's uh, usually very different experience depending on whether you win or lose. Uh, after that, um, you know, after that, I, I will read any news, especially if we, or mainly if we win, if we lose, I don't really care, but I'll read any of the, you know, 
newspaper articles that are written about it just to try and relive a bit of that magic. I'll watch any highlights uh, packages the AFL usually puts out either later that night um, from the game. Um, Do you watch Goody's Presser? Uh, yeah, I'll have a look at, uh, you, you know, most of these things are usually if we win, because if we lose, I'm a bit of a bad sport for a, I'm a bit of a grumble bum for a day or yeah. two, and I, I don't like to see anything, and that's just a, <laughs> that's just my own uh, personal thing. Um, but, yeah, there's, uh, you know, Simon Goodwin's uh, match report, uh, someone mentioned there's uh uh, Jordan Lewis on AFL 360 is something they like to, to see and I, I'm liking mm. the fact that he's out there, you know, getting in the media. Um, I don't think he offers much, to be honest. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just like... Uh, I mean, look, it's, as you say, it's good that he's as on a branding he's wearing thing a polo, for, for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was also the thing I like to have a look who the, the... Particularly this year, I've been paying more attention to it, is the coaches' votes. Um, yep. You know, mainly because, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clayton Oliver has been uh, sort of, you know, prominent, prominent in it, and um, yeah, it's good to uh, good to see him there. So for me, yeah, that's sort of my my go tos. What about you? What else? Um, yeah, I find the post match thread takes a few pages until we start getting useful insights. <laughs> yeah. The first couple of pages. Look, if it's a win, it's usually happy stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine, um, but it, the first two pages tends to be sort of woohoo and wow, rather than anything coherent. Yeah. Um, when we lose, those first two pages can be scathing, um, again without too much insight. But um, once people have settled down a bit, um, there's a lot of interesting stuff in the post-match thread, and different posters would have different uh, people that they like to read. Um, you know, there's some people who who um, uh, who contribute uh, some really good stuff there. Um, I always I like to watch Goody. I'll, I'll watch Goody whether we win or lose. Um, I think he's he's good value at least at the moment. He's pretty honest, and you can get a a sense of how he feels about the game. Um, I also look at the votes, as you said. Um, I watch the footy shows. I tend to watch Monday night AFL 360, not always Tuesday. Um, I watch on the couch and I watch footy classified. Um, uh, not a lot of insight necessarily, um, but I like to see what they're saying about Melbourne. Um, footy classified sometimes good with news, not so much sort of analysis, but footy news. But uh, um, yeah, I, I feel yeah. that uh, some of the footy shows, and I'm not talking about that that uh, terrible the footy show, but the the, the you know, in general just the footy shows um, have tended this year to sort of skip us a little bit. You know, we get a little bit of uh, coverage, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, but that's all right. I'm happy to fly under the radar for a for a bit longer as well. Earl Hood's just asked, do you read Joey's three-word summary? Yeah, I, I, I find them entertaining. Joe boy. Uh, I so don't, it's I become don't... A, a, a demon land tradition. Yeah, he's done it for a number of years. And, uh, yeah, I, I find it uh, quite good. I, I like it, uh, you know, people don't always agree with what he says about some someone. So, um, yeah, it's it's a nice little thing that he's sort of created for himself. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's sometimes an entertaining read. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, um, 
Yeah. But uh, look, if anyone else has a ritual that they do post uh, post match, um, give us a call zero three nine zero one six three triple six, or you can Skype Demonland thirty um, one. Give us uh, your thoughts on um, on the Jeff White interview and uh, anything else we're discussing. So I um, used to like listening to talkback radio back when you generally had sort of all the games were either Saturday two ten. Yeah. Or, you know, there were Sunday games that were on at the same time too. I like listening to talkback radio, yep. um, like ABC, Tim Lane and those guys. Um, and listening to, the, you know, they used to do proper post-match yeah. analysis before taking calls. Now you don't get that because one game fin- finishes yeah. and another game starts yeah. straight away. Or they just finish and that's it. Um, you know, they go yeah. to the next program. Yeah, so I sort of miss that. It was... It was I used to, yeah, it was sort of part of my football ritual, if you like. They do that a bit on some of the, uh, on the TV as well. There's really no, you know, sometimes the game finishes and it's almost, you know, they interview a player, may go into the rooms for the song, but that's, uh, that's it. And then the, the broadcast ends and there's no sort of yep. talking about the match. Uh, you know, Friday nights is obviously a bit different, but uh, usually the, uh, uh, slots that we play in, uh, you know, the game ends and and that's it. We're you know we're left to go to the computer and uh, get our uh, you know yep. post game insights. Um, yep. So moving on, um, Vandenberg got the news yesterday, I believe that um, he's had surgery and his 2017 season is over. Um, I believe he's out of contract. At the end of the year, um, what does that? Uh, how does the future for him bode? Um, he'd get another contract, surely. I mean, unless unless he has the surgery and the prognosis is no good afterwards, yeah. or the result is no good afterwards um, going forward. But uh, I would have thought they'll persist with him. It might only be a year-to-year thing. But I wouldn't be delisting him at this stage. He's shown too much. I would have thought. Yeah, um, I, I, got a feel for him because yeah. it's uh, that's two in a row that have gone bust for him. And we've discussed before earlier in the year that uh, you know with Jesse out um, and Max out and Jack having to go in at the ruck, we really could have used Vanders. Um, yeah, he's a big body. He can take as the big body sort of forward. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's missed out and we've missed out. So yeah. it's bad news all round. But um, I can't see him being cut. Yeah, I what do you reckon? I can't see him being cut, but I also think that uh, unfortunately it's going to be like that every year. I think it's just his body's like that. He was he's been injury prone in almost every year, bar one, and even that year he had a couple of injuries yep. here and there. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I feel for the guy because I really like him as a player, but, uh, you know, with players like Hannon, you know, if he can continue his form, um, yeah, it might, uh, I don't think they'll show him the door, but I think, uh, if he has another breakdown, uh, I, I think they'll only offer him a year and then if he, um, breaks down again, I think that'll be it. I can't see him being offered two or more, maybe might get two, but you couldn't see it anything more than that no no uh he'd be gutted yeah oh absolutely absolutely gutted there's been a suggestion um that the doctors missed it and could have picked it up earlier i don't know whether there's any substance to that 
Though, no. have no insight to that. I'm not going to make that accusation without uh, being no. able to back it up. So, um, yeah, um, a bit of shame if that uh, happened. But maybe I'm just circulating forum gossip <laughs> when fake, I shouldn't be. Fake news. <laughs> fake news. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So uh, we. You talked earlier about we had footage, uh, vision of um, of Maxi back on the training track, which is a, a, a good sight to see. But someone else made a return to the training track um, uh, with a helmet. Um, Gus made it, made his return. I'm not sure if you saw the photos of him. Yeah, with a helmet. Yeah, uh, with interesting a, that he's wearing a helmet with a beanie on top of it. Uh, yep. Perhaps that's a new fashion statement, but uh, yeah. So it seems he's going to go with the uh, with the uh, head protection. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of debate about whether it does anything or not. Could but, be psychological um, as well. Yep, yep. Uh, look, whatever works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, whatever works for Angus, but uh, best of luck to him. Um, yeah, let's hope he can. Uh, get back into contact work soon and then back into the team. Have um, they given, I, I sort of didn't read much about it. I saw the photo, but uh, have they? No, have not they that I saw. So he's not just back into training, but perhaps not yep. con- contact. And All right, but yeah, I would like, yeah, it'd be great if he could get back this year, but um, yeah, look, you know, I'm happy for him to take it slow and uh, yeah. Someone who also was back on the track. This is, it was a good week back on the track. We've got um, a number of players back and um, perhaps most importantly of all, uh, Jesse. Yes. So he's back on the training tra- He's back training? Well, he trained on his own, uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, so he, didn't, he wasn't with the main group, yeah. but he was out there and was exercising and kicking and running and doing some stuff so um, not it was, necessarily full ball but yeah uh, great that he's back at the club and with the boys and back doing what he loves and uh yeah i guess um well do you reckon he's, he's likely to think return? he's been ruled out hasn't he or? well he's not going to play this week if he was just um training by himself you wouldn't think he's going to play this week no but, but no. uh pff, next week there was an chance, article or? about it that apparently was a bit speculative and didn't didn't um, 100% rule him out this week, but I would have thought, as you say, if he's trained on his own, then um, you can't see him coming back. And that would be a really quick return. Mm. So I'd say, yeah, let him give him another week at least. Yeah, but, look, we, uh, we, haven't been, to see him back. we haven't been struggling to get goals, so it's not like, oh, we've got to get him back as quickly as possible. Um you know, although, yeah, not saying I wouldn't want him back, but... Uh, no, I mean, he's important for structure a, yeah, as, much as, yeah. as much as he is for the goals. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, good news after, um, after a run of bad news for him. So hopefully from here things start to pick up for, for young Jesse. Yeah. Um, before we move on to the game, I, I, there was there was a thread this week, um, and there was a bit of a rumor floating around about uh, Kurt Tippett and whether uh, he could land mm. at the D's next year. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm he's not, just been dropped. I'm do not, you know? Yeah, no, I didn't. So that doesn't. <laughs> he just got well. dropped for this week. So <laughs> there you go. That doesn't. Perfect well. time to come to come over. Yeah, uh, if they want to get rid of him, uh, then you know if they want to palm him off. At the end of the year, you probably best not to drop him because uh, dropped players don't tend, tend unless 
I mean, this particularly, is he still contracted? Was part of the deal that, um, you know, yeah, Sydney would yeah. be paying his salary. So. Yeah, you'd want them paying the Majority. $9 million or whatever he's yeah. getting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the talk, um, the other thread that you mentioned um, that was put up this week, uh, which also related to Gary Rowan and, uh, and Reid, was yeah. that, um, the Tippett hadn't bought into the strategy to um, go after the Hawks and had tried to talk against it, apparently. So the rest of them had decided they were going to rough up the Hawks, but Tippett wouldn't buy in, apparently. Okay. So, um, yeah. Look, everyone forgets he was a really good player when he left Adelaide. Yep. If you remember yeah. that final yeah, 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 series yeah. before, he was, he was sensational, yeah. but he hasn't done a whole lot at Sydney for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, he looks, uh, he just, he doesn't look very, his attack on the ball doesn't look sort of fierce and competitive. And that's the one thing Goodwin keeps talking about. Um, and that we keep hearing about that the club wants in its players, that, that sort of competitive drive. And he's not playing, Tippett's not playing with that at the moment and not playing at all this week. So, um, yeah. Then look, he 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 would fill a need to one extent, um, uh, and then there is a question in the uh, in the chat room where do you think Wiedemann is at at the moment? So and that feeds into it, you know, how soon is Wiedemann going to come on? Uh, do we need someone in the meantime, or is Cam Pedersen enough? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, is Kurt Tippett the answer? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I don't think Kurt's the answer. Um, Look, once we've got the the two rucks back and you know uninjured, I think that sort of changes things and and bring Jesse back into the side. Uh, for the moment, I'd be happy to have Peterson playing as a forward and let let Wiedemann continue to develop in the in the twos. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with a young tall guy developing in the twos, rather. They're being thrust into the seniors when he's not ready. Um, you know, and we we saw he had he had plenty ample opportunity in the seniors, uh, and I think he showed that he he wasn't quite ready yet. And I think yeah. I think and just get to there. answer answer the question directly, where is he at at the moment? Apparently, yeah. he had a shocker on the weekend. Oh, there you go against Coburg. So Who the, one of the bottom um, teams. Just apparently looking like he's got no yeah. confidence. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, uh, definitely off the boil at the moment, mm. um, Sam Wiedemann. But uh, look, some of some really doubt him. I, I don't. I think I still think he'll he'll come on. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm happy to give him time. I think I've seen enough. Uh, he'll start taking those marks. But yeah, I don't think he's ready yet. Um, you know, he's got to build his body up a bit. He'll get there. Yep. Yep. All right. So. Um, Massive, massive game for, for the D's this week. Um, you know, I don't need to tell you or anyone else who's listening what a win will do for us, uh, particularly with other results that happened this week um, and possibly having a look at the lineup of the other games this week. If things sort of go our way again and then we have a win, it really puts us into the... Catapults us into the eight. It really does. So, um, you know, I think... Especially uh, with our percentage, so, yeah. Yeah, well, our percentage... If we keep can keep this percentage 
it's it's like having an extra game under our belts, considering all the teams that we're going to be competing for those final two or three spaces. Uh, we've got a nice, healthy percentage when you have a look at, at Frio's percentage. Yes. You know, they're, yep. in, they're a game ahead of us, but they're 30% behind us. Um, so that's a game, you know, once they get even. And I think Frio have got Brisbane this week, so they'll probably uh, get a win. But uh, St Kilda's playing Adelaide. Uh, you would think yep. Adelaide's going to win, so that, you know, if we can get a win, you know, it puts us a game ahead of St Kilda, a game ahead of Collingwood. Plus, we've got a game in hand against Collingwood because uh, they've played one extra. Uh, Essendon play Port. Um, yep. If, you know, Port should win that. So it, it might give us a bit of a buffer uh, to the teams that we're sort of on par with at the moment in, on games. So, um, oh, look, I always say we can't rely on other teams losing. We've got to win. So, you know. You hear a lot of people say, oh, if only they would have lost. They would. No, we've got to win, <laughs> so can't yep. rely on other teams. But if results do go our way um, and we can get a win, it sets us up nicely. Um, I mean, it's a big game. We, we can't afford to drop it. Um, no, no. We're, you know, we, we should be beating Collingwood, so... Yeah. I know it's a topsy-turvy season and anyone can beat anyone else on any given day, but yeah. we've got more talent than Collingwood. But They're we've had good more... in the midfield um, and Grundy's in good form, yeah. but uh, we'll have Spencer back. Um, so we'll t- have Salem back. Yeah, so who, who comes in, who goes out? You, you'd think... Well, if... those two come yep. in. And then who comes out? Uh, well, tough one. Mm. So, I mean, there's... Uh, Peterson's not going to go out, uh, so he's he's in. So you would think another tall may go out. Uh, what, what's the we- what's the weather forecast for for Monday? It's uh, meant to be fine. Fine, okay. So that uh, no wet weather um, uh, things. So I don't know. Do you do you send uh, someone like Omac out, or do we keep Omac? Mm. <sighs> Uh, well, they don't have an overly tall yeah, forward well, line, yeah, so yeah. you know Spencer could come back in. T. McDonald goes back to yeah, the back yeah. line where he's meant to be instead mm-hmm. of playing forward where he's definitely not meant to be. Yeah, and where even he acknowledged tonight on TV, he's got no idea what he's doing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Omac could then go out, um, and then you need to you know have a small or a, a mid going out. Mm. So that, that, um, or, that's the I don't know, one, Wagner, right? maybe. Um, or then you've got those guys that have got the perennial question marks next to them in Bug, Harms and Nibbler. But, you know, all three of them had a pretty good game yep. against uh, Gold Coast. So it all depends on whether you go by whether they had a good game or whether you go picking the best best 22 for the well, game. So, you know, do you reward... Good play, or do you say sorry, mate? You know, you oh, had a good game, I, but uh, you know, I don't think you can leave Salem out. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, no, I wasn't might, saying Salem. Might be a I was a difficult decision, but uh, yeah. I was talking more about uh, leaving a guy, even if he had a pretty good game the week before, leaving him in the team to reward for you know having a good game. Uh, yeah, well, you'd like to do that, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, Salem's uh, Salem's superior to all three of those players. Mm. 
And again, um, it's a, it's the the good problem to have, <laughs> rather than the problem of all right, this guy's getting a game but doesn't deserve to be. So yep. it's it's a it's a good problem to have. Yep. So yeah, I would have thought just the two changes, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Well, there was a, I I saw that um, uh, Jay Kennedy Harris. Had forty-seven possessions yep. the other day. I, I don't think uh, he'll come in this week, but uh, that's getting a, that's a lot of the ball. And I know it's the twos, and you know perhaps the standards not as not as good as uh, AFL level, um, but it's a lot of possessions. Uh, yeah, yeah, particularly when he couldn't him. find the ball. <laughs> no, ago. that's right. So it um, looks like they've stuck him in the middle, and he's got his hands on it a fair bit. Yeah. So uh, good on him, and hope. I hope the good form continues. Now they Just should put more pressure on. Yeah, they should get a pretty massive uh, crowd uh, this week, which uh, is good for our um, the coffers at the club. Uh, it's our home game. It's important that yeah. we get a good crowd because yeah. I think we've only still got this fixture thanks to the benevolence of the AFL. Yeah, and, and Collingwood, and, to be and, and not just Collingwood, Eddie Maguire, right? Eddie Maguire. Because they, we maintained it during, you know, the shit years because they, it was sort of almost keeping the club afloat. Um, so it was gifted to us during that time when we didn't deserve it. Yeah. And now that we've got the Anzac Eve um, blockbuster with Richmond, 85000 this year, it's, you know, Queen's birthday is not necessarily guaranteed um, unless it keeps drawing big yeah. crowds. I, th- I think it might have only got 60 or 65 last year. So it needs to be drawing 70 and above. And then the AFL is comfortable to keep the fixture because they know it's a, you know, it's a real money spinner yeah. um, and, and a, a blockbuster. And so and not just, it's important that we get the, it's important that we get a good crowd. Yeah. And not just that. Cause if we get, you know, 70 to 80, it just shows that we got, 85 or 80 whatever to to Richmond we've got 70 to 80 for this Collingwood one uh if our form continues to go up it means when they're doing the fixtures next year uh, Friday nights become a real uh that's right and then you've got then you've got a genuine half dozen games the two uh you know the two um public holiday fixtures plus two or three Friday nights and then you're talking about you know a seriously good fixture yeah and so we're extremely lucky to have the two public holidays. Um, there's only a limited number of blockbuster matches during the year. There's the season opener, which Carlton and Richmond have got. There's Easter Monday, which at the moment is Hawthorne and Geelong. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then there's the Anzac. Um, uh, there's the Anzac round. Um, and there's dream time, but that's really about it. Uh, well, Good Friday's a new one. Well, Good Friday. They, I was surprised that they did it at the time that they did, which is probably because of the um, yeah. telethon that they have for. Oh, um, it should just be a night match. Yeah, well, it? you would have thought. I was. I actually assumed that it was this year. It was a night match, and then turned on the TV at three in the afternoon or four, and saw them playing. So um, I really think that that eventually you would think might go to um, a night game. That really suits a night game. So we want to keep these two public holiday fixtures, and the only way to do it is to – two ways to do it. Yep. One is play good footy, yep. and two is uh, draw a big crowd. So 
I was on the MCG homepage today, and they're tipping 72. And I think they've got a fair idea. I don't think they get things uh, too wrong. Well, they've and got I think, a, they need I think to... for Richmond, they might have even tipped about 75 and another yeah. 10 came in. So, yeah. Well, they have, to, uh, they have to know what they're doing because of staffing levels and, and all that. Yep. Yeah. So they, you know, they don't want to say 50 and only... Uh, and 50 no, and, and I think they also get off. an idea from member MCC passes and things yes. like that, yeah. guest passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they, they know passes. that if there's a certain number of members, then there's going to be a certain number of general punters. Yeah. So... And they, do, they are doing the, the big freeze, the slide again, I assume. That's always fun to sort of watch, uh, particularly if you're bringing kids, they sort of get a kick out of it. Well, it's a green and gold theme this year. It's Olympians. So Stephen uh, Bradbury's one of them, <laughs> Alyssa, um, yeah. uh, Alyssa uh, Camplin. Um, Sherelle McMahon, Andrew Gaze, and a couple of others. So, uh, yeah, it's a good thing, and um, uh, it's a yeah, it's a huge game, and it's good for the boys to also to, for them to play in front of such a big crowd too, and just get you know as much of that big game experience as they can. Um, so, yeah, yeah, can't wait to get to the G yeah, on Monday. Particularly, it's, um, pumped. If we're going to uh, if we're going to make a tilt for the finals and even possibly even play play a final, it's uh, it's good to get a bit of that experience in front of the big crowd and a big game. So um, yeah, yep, game it's, on, game on, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I really want to win this game, not just because it's Collingwood and you know we hate Collingwood, but. It's it's a really important game for us to win. We've had a few games this year which we we you know we don't have to we've been talking about it all year on this podcast. Games we should have won. Um, this is a game we should win, and um, you know I want to you know this is our hoodoo this year. We've we've uh, broken all those um, the majority of the hoodoos the the Eddie had stuff the you know a couple of those big lot you know away gate losses and all that and our hoodoo this year is the MCG I want to I want to uh break that hoodoo and the hoodoo of uh you know losing games we sh- we should uh win so yep. game on let's uh, get to the G support the guys support um support Neil Danaher and no, look I don't, anyone who's listening to this podcast is probably going to the game so yeah can't wait yep see you in the post match Yes, yes, in the post-match, uh, hopefully hopefully it's, uh, well, hopefully I do see you in the post-match because, as I mentioned before, when we lose, I, I try to steer clear of it. Uh, I, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think um, I think it'll be a good game. All right, um, that was a great interview with, uh, with uh, Jeff. Yeah, tonight, uh, so. we've gone overtime as a result. So yeah. thanks to our listeners for sticking, uh, sticking with us all the way through. Yeah. But it was worth it. It was a good, uh, good chat with, uh, with Jeff. Well, there, great, uh, great player and a good bloke. Uh, yeah, great bloke. He knows his stuff. He, I, I, I was really impressed uh, with that interview. Um, and I know we, we did go overtime, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely well worth it. So, um yeah, I just want to thank everyone for joining us and for listening in again. The um, the statistics of people who are downloading the show and listening are great. They're going up every week. 
you know, we've got the stats from SoundCloud and from iTunes as well that I get uh, on the back end of the site. Um, yeah, just fantastic. So thank you, everyone who listens and supports it. And uh, you don't have to, you know, we're, I think we're at an hour and 40 minutes. You don't have to listen to it all in one hit. Uh, that's the beauty of, uh, of uh, you know, if you download via iTunes, you can, uh, you can jump in and out whenever you want. And, um, yeah, thank you for the support of uh, listening to this uh, podcast. So um, yeah. yeah, and look, apologies that we couldn't get to the questions that were posted in the chat room, but... We obviously had a, our own uh, few pre-prepared questions and uh, as Andy just mentioned, it, we went so far over time, we didn't even get to uh, some of the questions that are in the chat room, so apologies for that, but um, uh, some of them came up anyway, so hopefully we got a fair few of them answered. Yeah, and it's sometimes when you're, when you're having a conversation with uh, someone, like it's hard to sort of sometimes keep track of everything that happens in the, in the chat room. Um, yep. When we're talking, that's all right. I can sort of uh, have a look. But, you know, when you've got a guest on, you don't want to be uh, rude to them and uh, not listen to what they have to say. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, if you are listening uh, on the replay of this, um, you can join us live. We're live every Wednesday night at 8.30 uh, p.m. Um, and you can find us at uh, demonland.com slash podcast and join us live. We've got a live chat room uh, that you can uh, chat with us and ask questions and sometimes we'll look at them and, <laughs> and answer your questions. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll be back again next week same time same channel and um we'll uh, leave you with uh, a bit of come on demons our theme song we stole from the 80s <laughs>